Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tonight, Golden Knights at Stars in the National Hockey League. Vegas up 3-0 in that series. We will keep you updated. The game starts in a few minutes at the World Hockey Championship. Canada over Finland 4-1. So Canada plays Latvia in the semifinals on Saturday. The other semi, United States against Germany. Your Edmonton Elks preseason home game Saturday afternoon. It's on 6.30, Chad. 12.30 for the countdown to kick off game at 2. Taylor Cornelius, the Elks quarterback, is going to join us one hour from now on Inside Sports. And baseball today, another loss for the Blue Jays. They have dropped nine of their last 11 they fell 6-3 to Tampa Bay. Keeps it in out front. Kachuk is shot. He scores! He scores! Matthew Kachuk, the overtime winner! The Panthers take game one, three, two, the final! Matthew Kachuk is the marathon, and the Panthers go home happy tonight here in Raleigh. Matthew Kachuk, the overtime winner! Off the draw, Panthers have Reinhardt, near point Montour, down here on the near side, sweeps it around, far boards, Burns, pressured over there by Sam Bennett, Bennett's got the puck, Bennett in the right circle, out in front, Reinhardt, back door, and they score! And it's Matthew Kachuk, the overtime winner! And the Panthers take game two! In the circle, shot, and it's fought off by Anderson, Barkov right circle, down to the goal line, Kachuk in front of shot, he scores! He scores! He scores! the Matthew Kachuk montage as he gets three dramatic game winners in the Panthers sweep of the Hurricanes and their amazing run continues as they are into the Stanley Cup final and joining us tonight I always like talking to this guy so the Panthers keep advancing so that's that's good for me because I really like this guy it's Doug Plagans the play-by-play voice for the Panthers Doug how are you doing buddy I am doing great, Reed, and uh, I always like coming on the show, too, so thanks very much for having me. always look forward to it, but it's been quite a run. That montage uh, only summed up part of it, what Matthew Kachuk's been able to mean to the uh, Panthers during this entire playoff run, but 
in that series against Carolina, two overtime winners. He assisted on the only goal scored in the game in game three. And then he got what may as well have been an overtime winner last night in game four. There wasn't much time for Carolina to do anything after he scored to make it 4-3. He's just uh, he's just been on a mission here in these Stanley Cup playoffs, and it's been really fun to watch. Well, and, th- and, and again, I brought this up with you before, and you know we talk about the 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 flames on this station sometimes too because of the rivalry and it's just crazy right because of the trade between the two teams and then Calgary finished a point ahead of Florida in the standings and their season is a disaster because <laughs> of the way the conference standings shook out and Florida might win the Stanley Cup and, and just watching them in this series well throughout the playoffs but especially in this series and Carolina is a really good team but I texted you earlier today like just everybody's clicking you know and the offensive guys around the net keeping pucks alive scoring those garbage goals when they need them right like they're just in total playoff mode they found so many different ways to win games, and I think the big thing, too, with this Panthers team, and a lot of it starts with the big guns, Matthew Kachuk and, and Barkov. The other thing, if you're, if you're into, like, numbers and advanced metrics and things like that, some of the defensive statistics that Barkov has, has had, especially during that Toronto series, it's unheard of what he's been able to do on the defensive side of things. He is a sulky winner in the past, and he's uh, demonstrated that two-way ability here throughout these playoffs. Obviously, Carter Verhage was a 40-goal guy, so you expect him to make big plays. He's come up big in the playoffs before. Sam Reinhart's been outstanding. But I think you go up and down the lineup. Obviously, Sergey Bobrovsky, you mentioned him. You can't say enough about what he's been able to do. But you go all the way down the lineup, and everybody on this roster has had his big playoff moment has contributed in some way. You go up and down the roster and everybody's had a hand in this whole thing. And, you know, it starts with the guys like Kachuk and Barkov and obviously the way that Sergei Bobrovsky's played. But what you've seen is this team's comfort level in maybe the toughest of situations, the most tense of situations, you know, when the chips are down, these guys seem to get more calm and more comfortable and more confident. And if you ask any of them, and I asked Paul Maurice about it today because it's just continued to be a theme with this team, but it seems like going back to that second half of the season, these guys were battling for their playoff lives for the last couple of months of the year. And if you go all the way back to January 1st, in 45 games from January 1st to the end of the regular season, the Panthers had 56 points in the same number of games the Leafs had 59 points, and everybody talked about the Leafs like they were the odds-on cup favorite or one of them after Boston got eliminated. Well, the Panthers and the Leafs were pretty much neck and neck over a 45-game span to, to close out the regular season. So this was a build for the Panthers over the second half, and things have really clicked. They got that hot run down the stretch, got into the playoffs by a point. That's been well documented, but here in the playoffs, uh, you look at what they've been able to do lately and to be able to come back from down 3-1 against Boston, take that in seven, knock off the Leafs in five, and then to sweep the Carolina Hurricanes. And those games, the games against Carolina, you might look at it and think, okay, sweep, the Panthers handled it easily if you didn't watch the games. If you watch the games, you'd see, you know what, those, those games, the margin was razor thin in each game. They all came down to one goal. You had the marathon in game one. Uh, again, those were all tight games. 
but the Panthers were able to, uh, you know, get that big goal when they needed it. Sergei Bobrovsky was able to be just a little bit better than uh, the guy at the other end, and Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta were both outstanding uh, in net for Carolina, but again, Sergei Bobrovsky was just a tad bit better than those guys were, and he was able to help the Panthers lock down that four-game sweep. So now it's off to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 96. Doug, uh, Doug Plagan's joining us, play-by-play voice for the Florida Panthers here in Inside Sports. Um, I, I have to ask you this because I, I, I know you don't want to talk about yourself too much, but I have to ask you this because you called a four-overtime game, almost a five, and I believe you did not have a color commentator with you for that game. Is, is that correct? You did all that game yourself. I, uh, I, I I called the game myself. I was able to throw it back to the studio for you know a ten minute uh, breather during intermissions. But uh, but yeah, I did I did do the game. I I did do that game myself. But uh, it, you know it was it was it was long. But I guess the thing is when you're in the moment um, and. You know, when, you, when you're with the team every step of the way all season, your level of emotional investment is just off the chart. When you're in the moment, honestly, Rory, that, that game could have gone 25 overtimes. And as long as we got – as long as the Panthers got the win, it didn't matter how long it took. I just – as long as the Panthers got the win, all was right with the world. And, uh, and there was Matthew Kachuk to cash in when it looked like we were ticketed for a fifth overtime, but there was enough time for one more scoring chance in that fourth overtime, and he was able to cash in. I would say the only non-hockey feeling that I had during the whole overtime, you know, because I was just focused on the game, and I was just hoping the Panthers could get a win to start the series, the only non-hockey feeling I had was in the intermission before the fourth overtime, it dawned on me that I hadn't eaten in a really long time, and I was starting to get pretty hungry. (laughs) But that was that was really the only non-hockey feeling or non-broadcast feeling that I had. Uh, well, I mean, I love listening to your calls, and uh, yeah, I mean that that is that is a long time. But you, you sounded great there. Uh, whatever, I don't, I don't even remember how late it was. It was late here, so it was even later. <laughs> the Easter time zone for sure. Uh, I'm curious, what a time there. Because the Miami Heat, the bottom seed in the Eastern Conference, right, are in the NBA Finals. The Panthers, the last seed, are in the Stanley Cup Final. Um, I'm curious, though, like I've only been down there once, right, when McDavid got drafted in 2015. Um, We stayed in Fort Lauderdale. The rink is in Sunrise. I was in Miami for about an hour because Peter Shirelli did a news conference at at a hotel in Miami. It struck me that Sunrise is not Miami. Um, But tell me a little bit about that landscape, the, the physical alignment of the teams, the emotional alignment of the Heat and the Panthers. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, it's been a really exciting time for the sports fans down here, to say the least. The two teams obviously are are separated, um, you know, by uh, I'd say, you know, I live I live right next to FLA Live Arena where the Panthers play. I could I could walk there if, uh, you know, it wasn't hot and humid enough that I would sweat through my suit if I was wearing a suit. But I can I can you know, when I when I walk outside, if I go for a run, I'm close enough to the arena that I'll go for a run around the 
perimeter road around the arena. I live right here. So, but for me to drive in downtown Miami, you know, you factor in some traffic. It take me. It can take you 45 minutes or so, depending on, uh, you know, depending on what traffic's like. So there is a, a little bit of a gap between the arenas geographically, but the fan bases obviously are, uh, you know, direct. Uh, you know, they they overlap a, a lot. Obviously, uh, you know, if you if you're born and raised down here in South Florida, your favorite hockey team is going to be the Panthers. Your favorite basketball team is going to be the Miami Heat. And uh, it's just been a really exciting time. And to see the way the two teams got in, the Heat had to win that play-in to get into the, uh, you know, to get into the, that matchup with the Milwaukee Bucks um, in round one. And they were able to, to get by Milwaukee and then the Knicks. And, of course, what the Panthers have done here is they were the second wild-card team in the Eastern Conference. And it seems like the, the two teams are, in, in a way, feeding off each other in that regard. The Panthers wrapped up their Eastern Conference championship last night. The, uh, the Heat are trying to do that tonight in Boston, which would be uh, sort of interesting, too, because the Panthers ended the Bruins season in that very same arena in Boston not too long ago. Um, so I'd imagine New England area sports fans might not be too fond of the uh, South Florida teams here at this stage of things. But, uh, but it's been really exciting. You see, you know, there was some video of, uh, of Jimmy Butler wearing a Panthers jersey during a, a shoot-around or something like that. The Panthers all wore Heat t-shirts onto the plane, um, you know, for one of, the, uh, one of the road trips here recently. And, uh, and I know you have a lot of guys in the room that are basketball fans. Alexander Barkov, for example, from the second he's gotten here to South Florida, he's, uh, he's always been, uh, been a good basketball fan. I can tell you this, he's one of those guys that's just a natural athlete because I've seen him, I've seen him take a few jumpers, and Alexander Barkov's got a good-looking jumper. He looks like a guy that could just step onto a, you know, a court and, and play in a game and hold his own. But uh, some guys are just natural athletes like that. They can do everything. But, uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of crossover between the two, and it's just a really exciting time to be a sports fan down here in South Florida. Yeah, uh, it, it, it is pretty amazing. I mean, the Panthers, just just remarkable. I mean, falling down three games. But they've lost one game since then, right, since Boston beat them three of the first four? Is it just one loss? Yeah. They've lost, yep, though, since they went down 3-1 to Boston. So since, you know, since the game four loss in round one to the Bruins, they lost one game. They lost game four at home to Toronto in round two. So, yeah, it's been, that's been it. And the, the video made the rounds after the game five overtime win in Boston to force the game six in round one when Matthew Kachuk looked at everybody in the room and said, remember this room because we're coming back for seven. And sure enough, that's what happened. And sure enough, the Panthers won in seven. So, uh, again, this, this team's just been able to get really comfortable, really confident, and really calm in pressure situations. They look right at home when, uh, you know, in a situation where the, you'd think for a lot of guys it would be, uh, you know, the toughest of circumstances. But these guys just seem to be calm and cool when the, uh, when the situation has the most pressure. Doug, I, I love having you on the show. I, I know from your Twitter account, you're, you're doing several of these hits now around uh, Canada, the United States, on a, on a daily basis. So thanks for making time for us. You, I, I should have. Well, you were working yesterday. I'll, maybe I'll send you the link because we had Ken Reed on the show. Ken works for Sportsnet here in Canada, and he has a massive hockey card collection. So oh, you wow. you would have enjoyed our our interview because I, I I am we are going to have you on like in July or August just to talk hockey cards. And you're into like are you into like metal music, hard rock? How do you describe it? 
I, I am. I, uh, I like a lot of, uh, I like a lot of punk rock and ska. And then as uh, I would say, as I've gotten older, my tastes have actually gotten heavier. Most people go the other way on that, but my <laughs> tastes have gotten heavier. So I've gotten into, I've gotten into a lot more like, I'm much more metallic in my, uh, in my musical tastes as I've gotten older, a lot more metal and hardcore. What's your, uh, what's your most prized hockey card? If you don't mind sharing that. My my most prized hockey card. I do have a Gretzky tops rookie card, uh, not the Opeachy. I have the tops, so I have I do have that. That would be in terms of value. That would be my uh, my most prized. But uh, there are a ton, and I think that's the best part about card collecting. And we can have a, a better conversation about this down the road. But a lot of times, it's it, it's not necessarily the card that has the most monetary value that might have the the sentimental uh, you know value. You might just just remember when you got it, when you got it out of a pack, when you found it in a in a bargain bin, a card that just has some meaning to you. And it's a, it's just a great hobby because it doesn't matter if you have 10 bucks or 10,000 bucks that you want to put into it, you can go into it and have some fun with it. And, uh, and I think that's what it's all about. All right, Doug, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, the cup final will start, I guess we don't know, <laughs> whatever this other series ends, we'll get a schedule. But it, first of all, it, enjoy the experience. I mean, you're a great broadcaster. You're a great guest on this show. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for having me. As always, looking forward to doing it again. That is Doug Plagans checking in, play-by-play voice for the Florida Panthers. The Panthers wearing the glass slipper throughout these. Just imagine that, a Panther in a Cinderella uh, slipper. It's kind of cute, isn't it? Uh, Vegas just scores, by the way, to go up one nothing on Dallas in the first period as they look to uh, win that series. You can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing style drywall insulation and ceiling systems certainty pro all the way you can email me inside sports at 630ched.com I'm on twitter i'm at reed wilkins r-e-i-d-w-i-l-k-i-n-s i am going to ask you a question because i don't know what a certain sport is called we'll get to that <laughs> Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Okay, I got a question for you, Kellen. Maybe you can uh, help me here as well. So, uh, first of all, the people might find the beginning of this uh, story hard to believe. I, I hung out with a friend last night. Believe okay. it or not, I, I do have I do have friends. As, you have friends. As, as, diff- wow. as difficult as I am to get along with. So, uh, I, I was you know you're arranging to, to meet up with somebody, and she says I just finished playing kickball. Okay. So then uh, later on we get together. And so I said, now this is going to sound silly to people. So I said, okay, so you were playing soccer and you were goofing around by calling it kickball. And she says, no, I was playing kickball. Don't you know what kickball is? And I said, now without explaining the rules, Kellen, just yes or no, do you know what kickball is? Uh, if it's a new sport, I do not. It's not a new sport. Uh, I would assume for soccer or something yeah. else. So that's what I thought. Okay, so I'm not alone. You're with me. So... I, I, I said, okay, so what's kickball? And then she says, did you ever watch the show Recess? And I said, no, I also don't know what that is. So she says, well, kickball, it's it's played, you know, with this kind of rubbery ball, and you roll it from the pitcher's mound, and the, there's like a batter who kicks it, right? Now, 
I immediately yelled out the name of what we called that game when we used to play it in intramurals or in gym class at Grand Trunk High School. We called it Danish Rounders. Does any of this ring a bell to you, Kellen? Uh, I've played divi- uh, first of all I know what recess is so okay. that's, that's there we go so that that's that's good there uh, and they did play that game on that show what did, what it was called kickball it was called kickball yes and you never, I, f- I think we may have called it kickball too when I played okay it back in so for school, some so. reason in, in Evansburg we called it Danish rounders and I, I kind of talked to a couple colleagues today describing the story and I got a couple names for it soccer baseball <laughs> which is just very literal and then uh one uh one of my colleagues says that when they would play it indoors which we played it at grand trunk it was called belly ball and this colleague and at my old high school we used the high jump mats as bases right so you could leap and go flying onto the onto the map so i'm curious if if people play this and what they call it kickball danish rounders soccer baseball belly ball anything else i'm curious but I, I didn't know it was called kickball.